you're now listening to the Bad Guy Radio production of Black and White featuring Green Eye Soup, Ozzy, and your boy King Mac. What's up, King Mac? I appreciate it. You're now tuned in to Black and White. Uh, today, a special episode. We got like a bad guy radio uh, collaboration going on. We got the Sox fans with Attitude guys, and we got the Black and White guys. So this should be a pretty fun one. It's the first time this has been done, so let's see what's to it. How you guys doing? How you doing, Ken Wu? You the guest. How you doing? I'm doing good, guys. How you guys doing? Uncle Ken, welcome to the arena, baby. Thank you, my you friend. Feeling? I'd be doing better if we could hit the fucking ball once in a while. Damn. Fuck. <laughs> All the Ken WOites would be happy, wouldn't they, eh? Absolutely, man. All the Ken WOites. I love it. Yeah, I'm doing good, Matt. Doing good, boys. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's good to hear. I'm glad everybody's doing well. So we'll step right into it. We'll talk about that Astro series. I mean, what did you guys think of it? I mean, of course, uh, we didn't come out with any victories. I mean, did it kind of uh, dampen your mood on the White Sox a little bit? Did it did it uh, kind of tamper your, your, your hopes, your dreams and aspirations for this team? Or you just looked at it as, you know, it was a, a bad series and, and – uh, you still got faith in the boys, or, or are you in panic mode after after that series? Uh, to me, to me, it was just another series, man. And and we struggled. We got beat. Um, the the pitching wasn't as good as it normally was. The hitting wasn't good at all. Um, a little concerning with the hitting. You know, I'd I'd like to see them do a little better, but all in all, it's a bad series. What are you going to do? You know, they happen. Um, the most important thing is to regroup. At least they took one in Pittsburgh and, you know, get it going tomorrow in front of hopefully at least, you know, to a hundred percent capacity. Should be. Um, well, I think Ken was the one who it had when they, the first game we lost hangover game. Okay. Big deal. Let's go get him tomorrow. But the, just the way it started with Brantley put him on the board, it was almost seemed like he had a reach from the actual get go. All right, we have a bad game, the first one with Cease pitching. I believe it was Cease. Yeah, it just lost that. But the, the second game was a little closer. So there was some, you know, there was some hope there. And then by by the time Sunday rolled around, it was like, oh, let's get the fuck out of this place. <laughs> let's go to Pittsburgh because it was just a mess. It was messy. And, you know, Houston are a good ball club. We got whooped by a good ball club. So, yeah, I guess what do you do? <laughs> yeah, I, I – um... I watched all four games of the series and what stuck out to me was how important it is to have all-star players at as many positions as you can. Houston ain't the world series team, but they, their guys chipped in Correa Brantley. You know what I'm saying? When we felt, we fell behind Brantley hit a double, put us out of reach. Correa hit the solo home run, put us out of reach. You know, that's when I realized we were going to get swept for a four-game set. No matter, a lot of timely hits. I mean, when yes, when that that rundown play and Timmy dumped the ball, scored a run, and 
was it with uh, the commentators probably said, oh, okay, you get a get a double ball play here or whatever, you're out of the inning. And of course they get a hit the center field, score another couple of runs. So it was just, it just continued the, they really made us pay for any mistakes. We made the mistakes to begin with, which you hate to see, especially yeah. on a rundown, boys. I mean, that's got to be that's got to be pretty simple stuff. I know you're looking at the guy running home from third or whatever the case may be, but you've got to be more professional about that. You've got to you've got to get it out. Yeah, like they kept the pressure on us for four straight games, and you've seen what happened. Yeah. We 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 faltered. The structure, the foundation of our team faltered, and we fell into a slump. Just by losing game one, game two, game three, game four wasn't even any better, although the scores were a little bit different. It was the same type of game. No momentum. It felt like fucking quicksand for nine innings, nine innings. And that's not the White Sox. We were watching for what, two months? So I I don't know. I don't know. Well, I mean, you made a good point when you said, uh, you know, they all-star caliber players showed up, whether it be Correa, Altuve, or whether it be Brantley. And I was just looking at the numbers. I mean, in the series, Anderson was one for 16. Moncada was three for 13. Abreu was two for 14. And Grandel was four for 13. You know, so if he has the most hits in the series, you don't you don't expect it to turn out too well. And our big boys just didn't show up and play. And with the injuries we have, Unfortunately, they're going to have to play all-star caliber baseball, especially if we want to beat the good teams. So that that was my takeaway from it was at this point in the season, Anderson struggling, Moncada is struggling, Abreu is struggling, Grandel is Grandel. So if we have three of our main guys in a slump, I don't expect us to win too many games. But but am I panicking? No, because I feel like you're going to have slumps in baseball. That's just the game. I believe they'll get out of it, especially, you know, I trust Abreu. That's why I call him old trusty. Uh, I trust Anderson and Makata as well, you know what I mean? So I think, you know, it, it, it just the slump happened at the wrong time in the, in the season where you was playing against a very – very uh, good team, you know. That part of the schedule was a fucking gauntlet, y'all. Houston, Toronto, and Tampa. That's three different type of teams that can fucking kill you. Can kill you. And they, they traded water, but when we got to Houston, it was over. They a better matchup for uh, the Rays, honestly. Uh, I know Ozzy always say we got to focus on the Rays, but the White Sox a good matchup for the Rays because they really don't have any dominant baseball players. I mean, that their power hitter is, uh, what Meadows, I think, you know, I mean, not, is, is that, uh, Brandon Lau. Yeah. Meadows is, is they power hitter. He's not really a dominant hitter. He's a two forty, two fifty guy. Uh, he's not like no, you know, big hurt. He's not even like a Jose Altuve or, or uh, 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 Carlos Correa, he, he's not really any of those guys. So the White Sox are a better matchup for them because they don't have too many dominant offensive players. I mean, they depend on timely hitting. They depend on getting a timely home run. They depend on they bullpen if they get a lead coming in, 
shutting you down. That's kind of basically what the White Sox are right now. I mean, we got Abreu, who was the MVP last year. But other than that, we really don't have a dominant offensive player. And I know, you know, guys that bring up war, that's great. I mean, Mankata, he does have a great war. But when you talk about an offensive dominant player, Rafael Devers is a more offensive dominant player than Mankata is. I love and, you. And, and we you. don't have an offensive dominant player. We don't have somebody that you can just say until uh, old trusty. I will say old trusty is that type of player. But other than that, we don't have too many of those type of players when you look at this team. And that's just being honest. So the Rays, to me, is a better matchup for the White Sox than the Astros because the Astros do have several guys that are all-star type players. MVP candidate type players, we really don't have that up and down our lineup. If you're the Rays are in the East playing the Yankees and the Red Sox and whoever else year after year and they're competing, I get what you're saying, but if these if these players that aren't at a top level like your Altuve's, your Brayus, but they're doing something right and they're getting those they are getting them timely hits. They rely on the timely hit, but they fucking seem to do it all the time. You know, even if it's like if we slip in Adam Fraser somehow, you know, he's he's sort of that guy that's not, I mean, different opinions for everyone, but he's not a, a lightning bolt that would sit up. Or t- they were not going to build him a statue, but he would get out there every day and get you some hits, some home runs, work some counts. He's he's kind of like a raised ball player. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, w- when you've got the superstars, and they tried so hard. Like my, uh, Abreu sitting in and watching Moncada struggle. He's in the on-deck circle for, for the whole time and thinks, okay, now the pressure's on me again. And they've said a lot about Abreu. When he just relaxes and gets his hits, he's, he crushes. If he sits there and tries to do too much because the other guys around him are struggling, that's when he looks absolutely dismal because he, he is chasing those sliders. Something's in the back of his mind. Uh, you mentioned it before, Ken. I'm not really sure if it was off record or not, but in between pitches, he's not really sure what's coming, and and he guesses wrong. Like he he's never got an actual guess. He just waits for it and then guesses wrong, or he's too late on the fastball. Yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying as far as like they're competing with those guys, but I think we give the Rays a little bit too much credit. And what I mean by that, the Rays have won the pennant twice. In a story career, they won the division three times. They've been the wild card three times. So it's not like these guys are making it to the ALCS continuously and then dominating in the ALCS. I mean, they had a good run last year. I'm not going to take that nothing away from everybody had to play 60 games. So I I lead at B. But besides 2008, when they lost against the Phillies, I believe it was, they haven't really had a dominant playoff run. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact they never really had a Frank Thomas type of guy. Somebody in, in the playoffs that could, besides last year with the uh, the rookie, 
who had 10 home runs or whatever it was during that run. They never really had one of those type of dominant players like that. Justin's mate, a Rosarena. <laughs> a Rosarena, yeah. They never hey, that's really... a creative player, goddammit. <laughs> yeah. then, then you got even Longoria back in the day. He, yeah. he was crushing. I yeah. mean, that's I was, that's no, I was about to L- say, Longoria is was Evan Longoria, is he a first ballot Hall of Famer? I don't know. Yeah, and he's the best player in franchise history. Yeah. yeah. I, Carl Crawford. Carl Crawford's yeah. up there. But yeah, yeah, yeah. those Wade guys are Boggs. Wade yeah. Boggs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Chicken Man 3000, baby. <laughs> yeah, so if you look at them, they, they, I think that's one of their downfalls is they never really had that dominant play. I mean, you look at the Dodgers run this past year. What's the cap? Mookie. They had a dominant player that could take over the game offensively. Defensively, they had several up. I mean, uh, Cody Bellinger was is an MVP. Uh, Seager was pretty yeah, good. Yeah, Seager was pretty good. I mean, they have those dominant type players. You look at the Astros in 2019, even though they cheated. So you you know you got to throw that out there. They still had those dominant type of players. You look at the Red Sox in 2018. You go back to Mookie again and other guys that was dom- that that could be dominant. You know, for that team, I I think they had uh, what was uh, the the little left fielder, right fielder, not at DH. I think Martinez or whatever he was. You know, JD Martinez. JD Martinez. You know what I mean. So they had those dominant guys. You know, I I, I'm trying to think. The Royals was maybe the only one of the few only teams that didn't have really a dominant guy, but they had that bullpen kind of where the rate. You know, everybody talk about the Rays, but really it was the Royals that got that ball rolling with the bullpen they had when they made it to uh two World Series or whatever. So when you look at it, that's been their downfall. That's why they a good matchup to me for the White Sox because their pit the White Sox pitching can shut their offense down. I think it's a little bit more challenging for the White Sox pitchers to face the Astros. You know, because they have many more dominant players. So I think, you know, when you look at the White Sox now, they're kind of that, uh, what 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 my boy Kim would like, slack dick hitting team. That, that's what <laughs> that's what they are right now, you know what I mean? I'm just being honest. They're they struggling to get the, the ball out of the park. So, so that's what they are. And when you're that type of team, and trust me, I'm a guy that loves contact, even though the White Sox are striking out more and more, so they don't necessarily put a lot of pressure on the defense. But when you're a team that don't have that much power, you strike out a lot, you're struggling uh, defensively, you're going to have problems. You know what I mean? And you're going to have a lot of problems. But even with that said, I'm not worried because number one, I don't think the Central is that great. Number two, I don't think there's any dominant team out there. I don't see the 1927 Yankees out there. You know what I mean? I think the AL right now and even the NL is, is just a, a bunch of teams that uh, have solid teams but not really one dominant standout team out there to me, at least, you know. Yeah. No, I I, I agree. Um it would be nice if the Sox bullpen could come out and shut somebody down once in a while, though. That's been a problem, too, is, you know, the few times that we did score runs in that Astros series and even the first game with the Pirates, we put up one or two up on the board, 
next inning out, whether it's the starters or relievers or whoever, they're putting up one or two right back at us. They came back at our heads every single game, I think, that series. Um, and the Pirates did too. So somebody's got to shut them down. And I've just been really disappointed with the bullpen more than anything. And uh, Oh, my God. Yeah, they need to get it together. Uh, the the setup men have been atrocious. You're, and you know what? You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Uh, coming into this season, I thought the bullpen was going to be the one security blanket for us. It's Same been a here. fucking shit show. It's been a shit show. Uh, Tony doesn't know how to use my boy Liam. Fucking Cody Hoyer. I don't even know if I want to buy his jersey anymore at this rate. <laughs> Mac I'd stick hit to the it on the head last night. A jersey. <laughs> hey, a jersey? I'll get a tank top with a moral on the front. At least yeah. at that. Hey, Mac, you hit it on the head. We need a bridge to Liam. We need a bridge. We need a seven, an eighth guy. Because with two reliable arms in the bullpen, you'll burn your boys out before we even get to September. Well, how we do, who, who's the right second? Now. Who's the second one? I, I always, Other said, than I, always I was uh, giving Crochet a little credit as okay. the second guy. Hold on, Ken. Let me think a little bit. Let me think. But I want to know, how do you expect Tony to use Hendricks? That, that's what I'm confused about. I understand all you. I understand the theory. Bring him in at eight. Bring him in at seven. It don't matter what high-level situation you bring him in. Just bring him in because he's paid to get out of high-leverage situation. Okay, fine. But what happens the rest of the game? When you need somebody, let's say he gets, let's say he gets you out the eighth inning or the seventh inning. Yeah, it's a bad seventh inning. He come in, he gets you out. Maybe he can get you out of the eighth inning. He does, he does that. He's burned the next game. But you used them in a high leverage situation. That game. But guess what? You still not clear for the ninth inning. Not anymore. Now not who, from what I've seen. Now who you gonna bring in? So I don't. I mean, can't be my boy Cody. I understand the theory. The theory sounds good. But if everybody could close, you have way more closers or great closers that exist than currently does. So that sounds good. Use this guy. Whenever you have a high leverage situation. But guess what? Guess what Tony still got to do? He got to worry about the eighth. He got to worry about the ninth. Or he got to worry about the seventh, eighth, and ninth after he uses Hendricks. Damn he what? can't come in and pitch those innings every single game. Yeah, Somebody's got to get the ball to him. He can't do it. Yeah. No, there's no way. And uh, we was on a show. What was that? Uh, last week? Or was that? Uh, no, that was the day uh, Madrigal got hurt. And I was telling you and Aussie, I'm, I don't mind using Liam. For 35 to even 50 pitches but that's gonna be on a once a month type of shit i'm not running to liam every time i get into trouble either and a lot of the Sox fans want us to bring him in when the game is on the line i'm not bringing my fucking closer in in the seventh when i know that's the best pitcher i got left the game will be over with the game will be over with pitches you be bringing him in the sixth inning a fucking one man bloody bullpen yeah, I yeah, mean, he got two crochet, arms. He could throw a slider with the left. Yeah, a crochet, probably better than crochet cats <laughs> <laughs> at this point. But, yeah, I mean, you, you hope to rely on crochet. When he comes out, you think, all right, oh, yeah, he's throwing 100 mile an hour. But it's not really singing, is it? It's not really doing much. His no slider hell. was pretty terrible, though, the other night in Houston. 
his slider yeah, was getting fun. hit up by the lefties too. They yeah, were pulling yeah, it. yeah, that's right. That's right. You seen fucking Jordan for the walk off. Yeah. And then he was got, all over it. Yeah, Marshall coming in, he throws some good change ups and then say he finishes or gets it out of his inning. Following night, two nights later, you bring him in and, he, and he's a and he bottles terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, I'd I'd like to say, you know, Kopek has pitched good, you know, even though I'm not the biggest fan of the guy. He's definitely pitched good, but even when he comes back, he's, you know, if he throws one game, he's out for three. So (laughs) there's no consistency there, you know? So that's not really the answer either. I mean, it was a little bit, but not the full answer. Somebody's got to step up and we've been saying it now for a while, but it's not happening. So I think, you know, I know you guys might disagree with me on this, but if we're going to trade for somebody, I want a bullpen guy. That's what I want. I need a name. I I, I did disagree with you on you that. You better not but, fucking say Colin May. But yeah. I don't. I don't. I I'll don't, take him. I don't. <laughs> fuck you. I don't disagree with you now, though. I did. I did at first. I like the Pirates closer. That guy looks good to me. They don't need him. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Go get him. The Night Stalker. Go get Ro- Richard Rodriguez or whatever. They don't need forty percent of their roster right now. Mm-hmm. What about a couple of them Cleveland bullpen arms? Yeah. When they're, Classe, not, they're not going to give it Classe. to us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And what Karen about cheat? Uh, yeah, Karen check, yeah. Well, if you can't fucking stand still. Yeah, Klaus say you better be ready to give up Vaughn. Yep. I'm ready. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> yeah. I can tell you that Let's right go. now. It, that, that's, that's what that would cost. I mean, well, the bullpen has been doo-doo. It really yeah. has. It's nothing else really. You can't really say nothing positive about it. It's probably been one of the most overrated bullpens in the history of the game. Especially I'm going to throw up. Where everybody had them ranked. Including me. I think the first show we did on Sox Fans with Attitude, I think we had the bullpen ranked as the number one. The top one. unit. The unit. You know what I mean? So, it, it, it's been hard. Everybody got that wrong. I mean, nobody mm-hmm. got anything to brag about when it comes to this bullpen. They, they been, Nothing. They've been totally trash. And for the life of me, you know, and I asked some of my favorite number guys. I asked Jordan. I asked uh, Patrick. I said, how do these guys rank one in war? I, I, cause, I mean, uh, two at the time in war. I, I don't see how that that's even possible. You know, and they say it was because three main guys, which was uh, Hendricks, Kopech, uh, and I believe crochet or something like that, but I mean, come on, man! You 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 cannot have a function functional bullpen when you only got two dependable guys, and then you have starters because there's so many strikeouts in the league. They reaching all of them reaching a hundred pitches by the time you get to the sixth inning. Yep. And the thing is, nobody wants to stretch these guys over a hundred. 110 pitches to 120 pitches. Nobody wanted to do that anymore. So now these guys coming out of the game by the sixth inning. We lucky if we can get them through a seven inning. I mean, through seven innings. So now he has to cover the seventh, eighth, and ninth with only two dependable guys. And you can't use those two dependable guys every game. So when people say, Tony bullpen usage. What what are you talking about? 
I mean, yeah, who's he gonna bring in? Yeah, who, uh, I I don't get that. I mean, I, I just I just don't get it. I mean, it, it's it, it really makes no sense. Ryan Burr has been one of the best guys out of the bullpen. Yeah, he's looked like kind of yeah from out of nowhere. You mean yeah. to tell me this man could just get off the bus from Schaumburg and automatically be a stopper in the late yeah. innings? Are you kidding me? Now today, I mean, the one batter he had did it to the warning track, but hey, he still got out of it. I'm okay because if it was Cody Hoyer, that's over the fence. So yeah, I mean, I'm in fancy. The that? next guy gets a triple. The next guy gets. You're a not gonna do my boy Cody like that, okay? I am, and okay. I will. Jesus. <laughs> hey, Mac, I just Jesus. want to touch on a quick point you were saying about the um, no one wants to stretch out the starting pitching, a starting pitcher at 120, 130 pitches. That's a lot of spider wax for one individual, mate. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know if I guys was using the spider That's a lot of tins, man. That's a lot of tins. I don't know if I guys was using the spider wax. But I think at some point, I don't know when, I don't have an answer to this. Uh, they're going to have to, just talking about baseball in general, they're going to have to get these starters back used to throwing. 110, 115, 120 pitches. Because if they don't, what they're trying to do with the bullpen, this is not going to be sustainable. Especially not for every team. Especially with what you have going on uh, with arms now. I mean, look, look at, look at. Everybody thought the White Sox was going to be the greatest bullpen. Look, look at what's happening with them. So it's not like you have just a whole bunch of dominant arms out there. I don't care how hard they throw. Everybody in the white size bullpen throw hard. They still getting hit hard. I mean, all guys do when they train is work on hitting fastballs. That If you can't hit a fastball, you're not even going to get drafted. That's like the number one pitch you got to be able to hit to even get drafted. So I don't know why people think that, like, just because a person throw hard, that means they're great. You got to throw hard, but you got to have a location. You got to be able yeah. to throw strikes. You got to yeah, have. Yeah, Jeff Samaja and players like that, yeah, they yeah. threw hard. But if that's all you can throw, it's going to get Hendricks yeah. without the slider. He, he's getting bombed. Yeah. You, you yeah. guys practice fastball all the time. I mean, uh, Green, I still play. He know that. Most of the time when you're in a BP session, hey. you practicing hitting fastballs. He ain't hitting hey. no fastball. Ken <laughs> goes, goes to the cage. Let me, hey, to let me tell you. Matches that. <laughs> let me tell That's you. That's right. Uh, in the league I play in, I throw hard. Like, I'm, I'm up there as far as those guys. Do you know how many times my shit got turned around over the years because people were geared up and ready for that? It's so easy. To just time a fastball, especially when you're looking at a guy, delivery, warm-up, whatever. All right, it's getting to the plate here. You know how easy it is to turn that shit around, especially if I know it's coming in at 98. All I got to do is touch it, and it's going to be a double to the track. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. A lot. Uh, you got to be able to get fast. People sit dead red. Yep. Yeah, I mean, you, you name red. one great hitter. Dead red, bro. One hitter, period, that's in that. Major leagues, they can't hit a fastball. That's the one pitch you got to be able that you got to be even, able to even hit. Dylan Cease turning that shit around. Yeah, I, I mean, exactly. Even pitchers who don't swing every day are making contact with fastball. So, I mean, that's 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 why they're gonna have to stretch these guys out, Ozzy. They got to if they don't 
start stretching these guys out where these guys can throw 110, 115, 120 pitches, the MLB is going to have problems because you're not going to have 30 bullpens that's dominant. You're not even going to have 15 bullpens that's dominant. Hell, you're not even going to have 10 bullpens that's dominant. That's not even realistic. So you have to get your starters going into deep game. You know why the Astros are having problems? Because those people get to see their bullpen over and over. That's why it's not the same as it was the year before. Or, you know, it's not the same as it was in 2019, 2020. Because guess what? Everybody catching on to that. Okay, you're going to bring this guy in as a so-called opener. I get to see him more. Now I get to now I get to see him. You know, I, I'm getting used more comfortable and used to his stuff. Because they use their bullpen so much. These guys have to start getting stretched out or you're gonna have problems. A team cannot consistently cover three, four innings per game. That's un realistic baseball and the only reason it's working today is because teams follow the Rays and go into that model the reason the White Sox are successful are they are now because their starters are kind of old school where they're going to the six the seven inning now that's what's helping them be successful where you have other teams that starter can only go five innings Four and two-thirds, five innings, maybe six innings. That's the difference. The only reason this stuff is working is because it's a lot of copycat teams. But if you really look at it, that's not sustainable, man. That's not going to be sustainable in the game of baseball. It's just not. Yeah, you're showing a lot of your weapons, aren't you, on a regular basis, bringing out the, you're bringing out the bullpen arms on a Tuesday night. The same thing happens Wednesday night, Thursday night. Other teams sit back and they watch some some stats or some video on you, and they've almost seen your whole bullpen. Whereas if you had that starter that went seven, eight innings, oh, we've only seen Crochet and Hendricks. Wonder what Foster can do when he comes in. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're, great point, Mac. Great point. I mean, and then you got to think. The, ball, a, the bullpen a, went to shit when Kopech started games. Yeah, when and, they took Kopech out of the game, the bullpen lost a valuable arm. Exactly. And you got nobody think, wants to talk about that. If a starter cannot throw a hundred pitches, or they don't want them going over a hundred, hundred five, how many pitches can a bullpen guy throw? He really yeah. not stretched out. So how many? Well, you know what I mean? I mean, what are you going to go thirty? I mean, if he go forty pitches, that's stretching it. And he's definitely done for the next game. So I mean, if you just just looking at it baseball wise, it's not it's not a sustainable, it's not really not a sustainable strategy. It it it's just not. I mean, uh, I understand they want to use the numbers. Well, if they see a guy for the third time, then the guy numbers goes up. But it's not really a sustainable strategy for a winning team. Let me drop this nugget on you guys. What if the Sox go for a bullpen arm, but not like a bridge to Liam? What if they get a a bullpen arm that, let's just say, you know, Lucas is a little, you know, he going five or six, 
I need a guy to cover two innings, maybe 40 pitches. Would you be okay with the Sox going that route instead of just a whole stopper like Classe or uh, Karen Check or even that fuckboy Colomay? <laughs> what if they uh what if they went that route as far as like a real bridge like an Andrew Miller type of guy a guy I could throw for two and a third you know what I'm saying because the starting pitching ain't the issue for the Sox and Liam ain't the issue either it's everybody else so who's gonna take the pressure off my our middle relief our offense ain't been doing it for the past week. Starting pitching look like they're a bunch of humans right now. So uh, how do you guys fix my bullpen? Because I'm tired of crying myself to fucking sleep. I'm a grown man, okay? How are you guys going to fix my bullpen? <laughs> well, like you were talking about Andrew Miller, the guy I would go after, um, if it was a, you know available, which he's not going to be because they're still playing pretty decent, would be Josh Hader. I know he's been on the market for a couple years now. But if you could get him, yeah, absolutely. I'd give up whoever you want for him. But the Brewers are winning, so that's not going to be an option. So I don't know who that guy is from, like, the Tigers or the Pirates or, you know, the Twins, besides Colome, you know. They need a first baseman. (laughs) They need a first baseman. They need a young first baseman who's versatile and could play left field with big eyes. Right. I'll tell you right now. Yeah. Like like that. If If it was Vaughn for for Hader, I would – Fucking do it right now! I drive oh, yeah. him. I so drive him up Press the button. <laughs> if you if you trade if you trade Von White Sox Twitter gonna be on fire. That's fine. They are. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I just gotta step into this for a moment, and people can say no foresight, yeah. whatever. I understand phrase ain't got no power. I understand people love power. That's fine. And I understand this is his only good year. Well, I won't say only good year, but it's, this is only high war year where he's like going to be like close to a five war, four or five war player. I get that. Normally he's right around two, which is a regular average starter. Okay, I understand that. But to say you know that Vaughn is going to be more than a two war player, you blowing smoke up people's ass because you don't know. And Vaughn, who everybody and you can and people can say a sixty grade, oh, a sixty grade. That's what he. No, that's not what he was going to be. They put a sixty grade on him. You get two grades. You get a, a what you is now, and a grade of what you're going to be in in the future. The sixty grade hitting was for now. That was for now, and he's not a sixty grade hitter. Now you can say you can look at all the prospects, what they did. What they was rated as above average or good at, they kept that. You look at Magical. He kept his contact, what he was good at. You look at Robert. He kept his speed, his defense, his power. He kept that. He never was, Robert never was rated good as far as just a pure hitter, his contact skill. He never was graded good on that. So if you look at any prospect, what they was graded good on, they kept. And I understand he hasn't had a full year in the minor, so I roll with that. But what he was graded good at, Vaughn, he has not kept. He hasn't. Let's just be honest. So for you to say that you know this guy is going to be some type of dominant player, 
you're blowing smoke up, up people's asses. I can tell you that right now because nobody knows that. All so you would do, ass. you would trade Vaughn for Frazier? You deal Vaughn for Frazier? It got to be Frazier and something else. Nah, it got to be Frazier and something straight else. Up for I, I'm not okay. going to sit here and tell him a lie. I would. But, I, but I, I'll be honest. I think Frazier is a good way to go. I don't know what it would take to get him, but I think Frazier as a bat, and getting a bullpen arm would be the perfect move. I think because you you get Frazier for two years, even though he's not a power guy, if you don't want to put Magical 2 next year, guess what? Frazier can be your two-hitter. Now you got T.A., Frazier, Moncada, Abreu, however they line it up. The same way with this lineup. You Adam get Frazier. You get Frazier now. Exactly. Than Andrew Vaughn. You, you get Frazier now. He's in the two spot. You ain't got to worry about him playing sec, second base or taking a magical spot because Frazier can play in the outfit. He's, he's versatile as well. See, my thing is if you're trading Vaughn, I think you could do a little better. Like, mm. can you go out and get Whit Merrifield for Vaughn? I don't know. Can you get? Uh, can you use Vaughn in a p- package for uh, Marte? I don't know. But I would rather do that than go for Frazier. But that's just me. Well, they say they. they I mean, I seen on Twitter uh, people saying that we don't have enough to get uh, Marte. They saying it will have. Yeah, to me be- and Tommy Barbie said uh, crochet ain't gonna be enough to get. Uh, could tell Marte we gonna have to throw uh, Vaughn into that trade. Because damn near Capitel Marte is the best player on the fucking team right now for Arizona. Well, they said you know it I'm would saying? have to be. They so, somebody said that it would have to be like if the White Sox was going to trade Moncada now. That's what would be needed to get him. I I don't necessarily agree get with the fuck that. Out of here! I'm just telling yeah, you. I don't necessarily agree with that. No. I, I don't necessarily. Agree Hell with that. no! But I'm telling you, that's what that's what the guy said. You know what I mean? I ain't gonna. Put people on blast. Someone said the other day about uh, even like Jake Burgess. Someone says, and it it wasn't anyone big. Don't get me wrong. Just floating through the uh, the twitters or the Facebook. You can't give up Jake Burger for any uh, uh, a player now that's already proven himself. My first thought was, fuck yeah, you can. That's crazy. I do it right now. Yeah, you do it right now. Uh, Even Jared Kelly to an extent. Bad guys cooking tonight, huh? And I also... Let me ask you this, Ozzy. Are they they saying that because... Are they saying it meaning because Jake Berger ain't really worth any? I I hate to put it this way. Oh, no, because I think he's healthy and and they fall in Uh, love with the prospects like you were talking about before. Oh, so they in love with him, okay. But but even yeah probably, but even the fact that you said um oh now I lost the train of thought um Uh-oh. keep keep going I'll, I'll get it back oh about Vaughn about Vaughn you were saying a lot of people were saying he's gonna be great like to me that sounds like you're speaking five or six years from now I don't really give a flying fuck if he's great in five or six years right mm. if we get some pieces for him now that wins us the World Series either this year or the next year. You know, he might be a Hall of Famer one day, but if he helps us to win now like we want to do, I think you've got to keep Vaughn. Don't get me wrong. I'm not kicking him out the door. Mm. At this moment, I think we we definitely need him for the next couple of months. But if there's something we could get back, 
but we definitely need to do. We need to make a move of some sort. And if it's a if it's a name like Vaughn or Berger or Cali, or even no, I won't even say that. But uh, yeah, then it's got to be done. Otherwise, we're just whistling past the cemetery, thinking nothing's wrong. Well, I think you the know, thing that people forget is Vaughn and uh, Crochet and a lot a lot of these other guys. Well, maybe Crochet because they drafted him last year. I think they wanted to throw him right in the bullpen because they knew they was thin. But a lot of these guys mm-hmm. wasn't and one is not even supposed to be up right now. They're supposed to be used as capital. It's because of the injuries that they're playing right now that they're up and and that we need them. If you think about it, during the beginning of the season, Tony wasn't even really trying to play Vaughn that much. He was trying to bring him along kind of slowly, but because Hey. Other injuries, this guy's kind of been forced to play every day. My question to people is, if you look at what Theo did, I know people hate Theo, but Theo is a great GM. I, I guarantee you, you will take Theo draft list, what he's drafted right now, or anything Han has done. His, his draft list is great. He left the Red Sox, he left the Red Sox Mookie Bats. If only we could be so lucky. Then somebody He'll leave say, us a Mookie Betts. He also dealt Eloy Jimenez. He dealt Eloy. He dealt uh, to what? us for yeah. Quintana. What for Quintana? That, that's a that that wasn't a good trade. No, but, that's what I'm saying. I, I give Han the tick there. Yeah, he fleeced. Yeah, he 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 fleeced him. But I'm talking about Ozzy. If you go look at this man draft list, you talking about some Hall of Famers. You talking about All Stars. I mean. It's ridiculous. I believe a lot, some of the players that's on the Red Sox right now, today he responsible for. And, and, a, and a very good player. Yeah. So, yeah. Devers, I mean, right, Raphael Devers, yeah, exhibit I, I mean, the man, is, the man is very good and talented at what he does. And he was willing to trade Eloy to win. Now, I'm pretty sure he had an inkling that Eloy was a very good player. He traded Glaber Torres to win now. I mean, so nobody knows. Yeah. We we can look and say that our future is bright, but nobody knows if we're going to win next year or the year after next. But we know we're in position yeah. to win now. So my question to people is: Do Vaughn help you win now, or do Frazier help you win more now? That's and, and, and to me, that's how White Sox, White Sox fans need to look at it. They want to say, well, this guy could be great. Did you? They ain't fucking think about that with Tatis. Tatis going to be way better player than Vaughn probably could ever dream of. Period. Oh, 100%. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, let's well, honestly, let, let, Vaughn could be, Vaughn could be a 300 hitter. At the most, he could be a 25 to 30 home run guy. This is we're talking about top end stuff here. Top end. This is this is top end. This is what he could be if he reached his full potential. And people acting like this guy can't be moved. He could be moved. Kelly ass can be moved too. Nobody knows what Kelly gonna be. He's not even pitching good in single A. Yeah, nah, he's yeah, definitely one. Th- 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 this is first year, but nobody knows what he's gonna be. Anybody mm-hmm. that tells you that, they telling they they fib. 
Kelly doesn't look like a Michael Kopech. Let's just be honest. Kopech looked totally different from the way he was built, whatever. Attitude just looked different. You, I mean, so to try to just compare these guys makes no sense. And like I said, I understand that Vaughn didn't have a full minor league season. But my point is what guys are normally good at, what they graded out well at, they keep. That normally doesn't change too much. His his 60-grade hitting tool, you can say what you want. It has changed. It's not, it is absolutely not the same right now. And that's why when, uh, with Magical, his 70-grade hitting tool or whatever it was, it stayed the same. It didn't change. The man put the bat on the ball. He, he, his power really didn't He had, what, a 30-grade power? That didn't change. He wasn't, he, it didn't go up to 40, 40 or 50 where he was going to hit 20-something home runs. But what he did well stayed the same, you know. And Vaughn had and Vaughn, what Vaughn supposedly did well hasn't stayed the same. People are acting like Andrew Vaughn is untouchable. I shouldn't be able to pull Jake Clam out of Starbucks and his numbers be better than Vaughn. I shouldn't have to pull Leury Garcia off my bench for two years and he produced more than Vaughn. Now Vaughn hits his nukes. And he has great plate presence. But let me ask all three of you. Andrew Vaughn don't move the needle for my team right now in a win-now situation. So I have a decision if I'm Rick Hahn. Do I hold on to this assets and maybe win a pennant with Andrew Vaughn for the now or the next three years? Or do I press a button and get my team a World Series? Because I know I can fix this team. Adam Frazier is not the best trade proposal we have on the board but with the loss of madrigal and the the fact that's a nuke that's one of those andrew vaughn nukes he's here right now jesus christ (laughs) hey look the fucker lives next door mike what do you want i want another one that's fucking cool i just thought you there was some fucking banging going on hey man look andrew vaughn i'm telling you you got some big ears you hear me talking but uh adam frazier right now in this he's sending the heavies to fucking shut you up mate i want to stay here motherfucker amen But hey, no, go man, back to me... Jake Lamb. It's uh, Ken W.O. thinks he's good looking, man. He's <laughs> yeah, very he's handsome dude. <laughs> very handsome guy. I'll give it to him. <laughs> I mean, you I'm got not, Jake Lamb's face trash, for your Tinder though. profile, Ken? <laughs> <laughs> man, I'm trading Andrew Vaughn for Adam Frazier, Cattell Marte, Brian Reynolds. Give me another name, bro. I, 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 I mean, don't think he's We got to win though. now. I'm gonna be honest. I don't think he trash. I don't. I think he could be a solid player. But to say this guy is just guaranteed to be something, I don't agree with that. And I get rid of him to make the team better now. Because to be honest, yes, making the playoffs every year that sounds good should be a goal, and it would be excellent. But let's be honest, the ring is what matters, and that's what you're trying to accomplish here. You're trying to give your fans a parade. Uh, where they can be in Grant Park celebrating. They can be lined up on Michigan Avenue. You know, that's what people remember. I mean, people don't remember. I mean, you, 
A lot of times you can't even name who the team lost to in the World Series. They're afterthought. It's the champions that matter. I mean, let, let's be real. Those are the ones that live in history. You know what I mean? The 2005 White Sox are in history. The 2008 Rays, they're not. The 2020 Rays, they're not. But the White Sox are. They own that trophy. That's what matters. And I think people lose sight of that. Yes, we want to compete every year. That's fine. But we want a fucking ring because that's what matters. Yes, sir. I agree with you. Um, you know, I, I just don't know. Is it going to cost Andrew Vaughn for Adam Frazier for a year of I Adam Frazier? So. I, I, I don't just, think it would cost that much. I was just throwing out a question. Probably not. I, I was just yeah. throwing out, you know, throwing out a, a tweet. You know what I mean? Everybody uh, took it literally and shit. You know what I mean? Because they wanted to jump on something. But <laughs> I was just throwing out, you know, a tweet. I don't think it would. You know what I mean? But I think White Sox fans have to be willing to part ways with Avon, with a crochet, if they want something back of any significance. I'm not saying Frazier is that guy, but I'm saying if you think you just finna go in there and get a Marte or any of these other guys for absolutely nothing. Oh, for sure. Or it for won't sure. cost any of the guys on the major league roster, like a Vaughn or possibly a crochet, then you're not living in reality because it is going to cost one of those guys because those are your top performing prospect. Those are your so-called can't miss guys that teams are going to be looking for in order to give up a dominant piece or somebody that moves the needle as green. I say, so if you thinking that you're finna get a helpful piece without, uh, or, or I should say somebody that moves the needle without Vaughn or Crochet, hey, I think you, I think you're dreaming. You, you living, you living in the dream world. I don't, I don't think that's gonna be possible. Now, if you just getting somebody who a, a fill in, you know, maybe, maybe somebody that can hold you over, but somebody that's not really gonna move the needle that much. Then yeah, maybe you can, get, you can get away with uh. One of the lesser known uh, prospects in the minor league system. I think Rick Hahn got these kids on the major league roster for a transaction, not for a transition. Because if you think about who Rick Hahn is, he loves dealing in cheap. And Andrew Vaughn and Garrett Crochet are blue chips right now. Even though the performance ain't been up to par, their age, their youth, their club control, a lot of teams are salivating over that situation. I'm pretty sure we could slide in the Cubs DMs right now and get Alcantara and Nico Horner if all we got to do is just bring up Andrew Vaughn or Garrett Crochet's name just off of their youth and cheapness alone. I'm pretty we – can, we can dabble with Rick Hahn. I like Rick Hahn in this position. I don't want him to have many big-name assets – uh, to to pawn and try to move. I love him having to to move the kids right now. I love when Andrew Vaughn's name is in in trade talks. I love when Garrett Crochet's name in trade talks because I know that's a major league player that's going to come to my South Side and give me my title. I love I mean, it too, but I don't know if Rick Hahn's going to do it. 
<laughs> he's scared to make those moves, in my opinion. But we'll see. I mean, maybe yeah, Tatis, he, gonna, he gonna press a button. Goddamn, Tatis might have made him might have made him a little gun gunshot where he don't want that to come back on. Man, but they, they gotta, all right, guys, they got to make a move though. They do. I, I got a question for you. Is this the year? I know, you know, we like to say, oh, the White Sox were young. We Our window's open for six, seven years, whatever people like to say. But is this the year? Because Rodon and Lynn, they could be gone in six months. Those are your top two starters. <laughs> is and this the year be- that you got to go for it? Yeah. Yes. Uh, this, yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And we – Absolutely. And this is what got fired me up last week about Kopech. You know, like, yeah, I was on a bit of a rant, but, you know, Buzz was sitting there saying you don't want to subtract to add and all this other garbage. Nah, you, you do it. You make the team better. Because you just said Rodon's gone. Lynn may not be, but Rodon will be. Mm-hmm. you got to make something happen this year because next year he's talking about a strike, which I didn't even put two and two together to think about this strike, but... And even put more fear in me fucking shorts when he said something about a strike next year. I thought, yes, this is the year. You jump on it, you make your team better, and you make your team a lot better. And you make your team better than the Rays, King Mac. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I think you have to go for To me, every year you got a chance to win is the year you go for it because you're not guaranteed to make it back there, man. It, it, right. it, it's, not, it's not no guarantee. I mean – how many teams make it to the World Series the previous okay. year and think <laughs> we got a good chance to go back? I remember when the Mets made it to the World Series, everybody thought, you know what? They got a great shot with that pitching staff and blah, blah, blah. They got a great shot to go back several years. It didn't happen. We haven't seen Billy Joel since. <laughs> it, it, it didn't happen. So, <laughs> you said Billy Joel. <laughs> and, and, and baseball, nothing is promised. I haven't man. seen him singing Piano Man on the Jumbotron ever since. Yeah, and baseball, <laughs> nothing is promised. People thought San Francisco was dead. Look what they doing. That's baseball. Yeah. Baseball, yeah. nothing nothing is promised, man. It's, nothing is promised. You can have the best looking team on paper, and it means absolutely nothing in baseball because. First of all, it's a 162-game season. You see with the White Sox, what can happen? It's a reason they always say it's a marathon, not a sprint. The only year that it was an exception to that was last year. But other than that, baseball is a totally different sport, man. And when you get a chance to win, you have to take advantage of it. It's probably one of the hardest sports to win in because it's 30 teams. It's not that many playoff spots. Such a long season. So, Ken, to answer your question, you got to take advantage of that. Game of inches and all the rest of the cliches. What do you reckon, Ken? Do you reckon it's go time or what? Yeah, I think think definitely. I mean, I know Eloy is going to come back, Robert, maybe, you know, um, and that's still up in the air. So people are, like, questioning maybe next year's more of the year. But you got that pitching staff rolling now. If you don't take advantage of that, Who's to say that they're going to be ready to go next year like that? So I agree. I mean, I, I I'm okay with trading whoever, but I, you know, I just want to get guys that are that are impact, you know, that are going to be impact players. So I don't know if that's Vaughn and Crochet or what, but 
I think we got enough to get Ketel Marte if we wanted to. You're just going to have to pay up. So, Ken, well, up. what you think about this? I mean, everybody say that our window is huge, and this is something me and you discussed, you know, on the show, and it's something we discussed, you know, not even on the show, just on Twitter. Our main guys who we're depending on to be superstars, none of them has ever had a full healthy season. Right. Uh, Jimenez hasn't never had a full healthy season. So far, Robert, even when he was in the minors, he always had some type of banged up injuries. He's never had a full healthy season. My guy, Magical, last year, the shoulder thing, now the uh, hamstring, he's never had a full healthy season. Even Tim Anderson, some point, gets dinged up in the season. Moncada, at some point, he gets dinged up in the season. So I know we keep saying, well, if these guys, they be healthy, look at what could possibly happen. But the fact is, and the truth is, these guys have never been able to stay healthy. So I don't think we really, this season should teach us that we really can't sit back and wait and say, well, we got this window because we really don't know. Right. No, no and exactly right. We, yeah, and even if we do, you, you've got to look at, we went into this season and even coming to this point now, I, I just look 44 and 30, 74 games, first place. Pull the trigger. Let's go. Let's keep it rolling. Well, like, why even think about next year? Think You've got to think this year. I mean, yeah, I mean, if you're not in first place in June 24th and thinking well, we've got a chance at the World Series, then what the fuck are you sitting there thinking? Right. And no, do I agree with you. get better to win that World Series? Then, yes, maybe. It wouldn't hurt to get better. Yeah, yeah, it's it's – Hey, yeah, make it happen, White Sox. Absolutely. Just 2021, hey, let's do it. You press the fucking button. Like Aussie just said, we're 74 games in and 162-game season. If I'm bringing in new players, I want them to get acclimated now. I don't want to wait till the trade deadline. I don't even want to wait till the fucking waiver wire. You press that button as soon as you can because you don't know how the summer and the early fall is going to be. We're already fighting injuries. So what if somebody else gets hurt? Then what? Then what are we going to do? Sit on our hands again? No. You make you make this push right now. Cleveland is going to be sellers at the deadline. There's no threat from the Central right now. We could sit on this division for the foreseeable future right now, especially with Minnesota in the basement right now. Why are we standing pat? There's so, no way. Yeah, because Minnesota, you know, they could have a bounce back here can. next year. Give them a fresh start. In 2022. Exactly. And who knows what how good they'll fucking It ain't like be their again. roster is just to- totally shit. Do they're just have, bad right now. Yeah, but you know, know what they're like. I mean, they're fluky and they could have a great, you know, next year they might have down yeah, tools this year. Who knows? Next year they might fire up me. Yeah. Do you have any untouchables, Ken Wu? Is there any, is there any prospects that's currently on the roster, uh, Crochet or Kopech or Vaughn or anybody in the minor leagues? That you feel is untouchable, if it. Um, uh, well, Kopech would be the one guy that it's close, and I'm not the biggest fan. You know that that history is all well and good, but the thing is, like I said, you got two guys that are potentially leaving the starting rotation next year. Oh, next year's next year, but I mean, 
that's what Kopech was built for, was to come and step into that spot in the rotation and hopefully be good. So he'd be the one that is pretty close to untouchable, unless you're talking about, you know, getting Jacob DeGrom or something like that, you know. Yeah. He'd be the guy that I wouldn't trade right now. But the other two, give me the game. Give me the best pitcher in the game right now. Jacob yeah. DeGrom over. Wow. You think we can't trade Kopech for DeGrom? I don't know if it's we can or can't, but they're in first place, so I don't know if they're going to be dealing yeah, anybody anytime soon. Get the fuck the Mets. Yeah, I don't think <laughs> the they Mets in first dealing. place by three quarters of a game. They in first place though. I don't. They're care. still there. <laughs> On. So I mean, I as a as a White so Sox fan, what is what is your biggest memory, uh, Ken Wu? Is is it the '05 season? I mean, is that your best moment as a White Sox fan? Well, I mean. Yeah, sure. Winning the World Series is what everybody wants to do, right? That's why you're in there to play the game. Now, I don't think that that 05 team was necessarily better than some of the other teams we had, but they're the ones that got it done at the end of the day. So, of course, yeah, winning, going to a World Series game, winning the World Series, going to that parade, absolutely. So, 05 is the pinnacle for you. So, it's not, it's nothing that you're not willing to do. To, to feel get to that. that as a fan, yeah, again. To feel that again, right? Yeah. So you right. don't, you're not. So let's just say winning the World Series this year cost you going to the playoffs the next two years. You don't care. I'm in. I'll sign up yeah, for it. Yeah. Oh fuck yeah. Yep. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. I think I think winning is what matters. I think as much as I hate it, I agree with that too. I hate thinking like that, but I agree with it too. Press the fucking button. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go, man. Yeah, so, Matt, you talk about like three yeah. threes in the playoffs. You just mentioned before the Tampa Bay Rays ain't sh- that 2018, whatever you said. They oh. ain't shit. No one remembers them. Nobody remembers. But, yeah. If you're going to take that World Series, you get it when you can. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yep. Love it. So, what are the and, legit, what, what, so I'm going to ask all you guys, what is the, give me two players. That if Han could make a move for, you would like to see him go get. Both Martes. If we could get both Martes, that would be awesome. Give me he Starling said, and oh, Tatel. Marte, Parte. <laughs> yeah, baby. how about a Marte, Parte? Okay. <laughs> Where you going, Isaac? Uh, I got Cat- or Josh Hader, like I said before. Yeah, I, love yeah, that I was going to say Hader, but yeah, yeah. them being in first or whatever. I said, was it just last week when I was going on about Washington and Max Scherzer, if there was some, something that they could freak out and bring Max Scherzer because he's a fucking bulldog. And we saw he, he over the years, he'd be, oh, I love him. He would be the, the DeGrom that you can, that you can get yeah, in my right. mind. In some way or another, there, there could be something you could deal to get Max Scherzer here. Even if it flicked cease to the bullpen or if it sat cease on his ass for his three innings that he pitches weekly. I think he's a free agent after the year, too, so he might be out Would there. Would you give Giolito back for Max Scherzer? Say that, say that one more time <laughs> so Ken could hear you. <laughs> Would you give Giolito back for Max Scherzer? Oh, back. Yeah, I see what he's saying. Um, not for a year. Yeah, because yeah. I think Scherzer's done at the end of this year. I don't know. I, I don't think I'd do that. 
He's I just, leaving DC. Is he really? Ken, I thought he was on a. Well, was it? I think this is the it last a, year of his it deal. It was a ten-year deal, but wasn't it? But that was probably ten years ago. Then was it? Nine yeah. years. I would. Yeah, I would. He got any opt-outs or what? I wouldn't do that deal. I mean, is G, but is Giolito a bulldog? Do you guys consider Giolito no. a bulldog? Is no, Giolito no, no, I don't. I don't either. <laughs> so he's no. not an ace. If you had Scherzer no. for a couple years, I would do it. So if you had to rank rank the White Sox pitching staff right now, from one through five, you saw my bullpen included? No. Oh no, just rotation. Side of the rotation. Give me the one through five. If playoffs started today, who's your one, who's your two, who's your three, who's your four, and who's out? Shit. For me, it's Lynn. I'm about to get canceled. For me, it's Lynn, Rodon, Giolito, and then flip a coin with four and five. I'm not sure yet on those. (laughs) Stop playing with me. I want to say Cease, but he Uh, usually only beats the bad teams. So, (laughs) Yeah. I'd actually go Lynn. Geo, Rodon, and Kopech. Mm. I would start a Kopech in one of these games if if I had to, mm. and if he's healthy, of course. If if the playoffs are in, I'd even I might even bump him up. That way, that's a tough one, but I might even put Kopech second. Lynn Kopech, I love that guy. He dis- <laughs> he fucking go out destroying these motherfuckers. <laughs> Yeah, but the thing man. is with Giolito, like, how how badly do I want to see Zach Collins play in that playoff game? Because <laughs> <laughs> of Giolito. Okay. Scherzer is a free agent, by the way. He's a free agent. Ooh. Scherzer is one at the end of the year. I would go. So, they're, so they're definitely willing to freaking part with him. They have to be. They've got their World Series. It probably won't. It probably wouldn't cost you. I mean, it's nah, going to cost it you a top prospect, but it it probably wouldn't Hell cost no. you. You know. Uh, Kelly? Yeah, I think Kelly. But that's the thing is, we don't really know how people view Kelly. You know, bag we, of juice. We, bag we, of juice. I like, I like we Jared. High, I like we, Jared. We high I on like Kelly Jared. because of White Sox drafting. But we have no, because, I mean, a draft is funny. So you really just don't know what happened. He could have been asking for too much money or whatever. Or it could have been a deal in place already. But you're talking about a guy that was looked at as a first-round guy. What about Renato Lopez and and back? Give him back. (laughs) I will give him back. Absolutely. (laughs) But I will go Lynn. Lynn, To me, Lynn is the ace. I'm going to be honest. Lynn is the ace. I will go Radon second. I will go Giolito third. And here's the thing. I might change. Radon and Giolito, just depending on the pitching matchup, because it seems like Collins is Giolito's personal catcher. So if it's a righty going in the second game and a lefty going for the other team in the third game, I would just move Giolito up just off that fact, have Radon go third. But really, I would like Lynn, Radon, Giolito, and to be honest, Dallas seemed... Like he just gets crushed against some solid hitting teams, so I, I will play matchup in that too, depending on how the team is. If it's the Rays, I will go. I will let Dallas go. If it's oh, what if it's the Red Sox at Houston? 
I'm going. I will have to let Cease go. I, I would just, I would just Thank throw Cease. I, 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 I would just throw Cease out there for that. But if it's if it's Man, the Rays, I'm going. I'm going Dallas. I'm not going to lie because I think Dallas Dallas can play with that lineup a little bit, especially if he got his location going. You know, etc. Yeah. They, they not. So really you're not there. you're not slipping Cope in there anyway. Another nuke. I'm not or you sli- just, I'm at not the moment considering Kobe. he's not in the rotation. So well, I'm just that- saying he's not in the rotation. So yeah, I'm, okay. not, I'm not really considering. But I will be honest. No. I mean, I would probably throw Cope. I, I will put Cope Patch over Cecil Dallas, though. I mean, oh, yeah, if, absolutely. If, if, if he was a guy that could go in the rotation, I, yeah, I would. Yeah. But I don't think, realistically, I, think- I don't think the White Sox going to let him do any really serious starter stuff. This year, because number one, not yet. he's been injured already. He did. I think he could be a huge weapon out of the bullpen. We've been bullpen. talking how yeah. bad the bullpen is. You know, you might need him to come out, and hopefully, in the playoffs, there they'd be willing to throw him more than yeah. once a series. You know, if he could come out multiple times, that would now, be awesome. Now, see, that's what the thing. He, that's uh, the thing. What was his injury though? Didn't he just trip and fall funny the man? Was a ham- yeah, was he ham- pulled his hammy on the delivery. Yeah, right. So it wasn't an arm problem. It wasn't an arm problem. No, no, no. It's no, what, no. get- what I'm getting at. I no, guess. It, wasn't, like- it wasn't an arm problem. But you know, those I mean, ha- for those pitchers, it could lead to an arm problem if they're not able to land right. They legs, oh, are, yeah. They legs are very important for pitchers. But uh, yeah, I don't want him going out there with a sore hamstring or pulled hamstring or quad or anything. But yeah, I mean, touching on what had been said yeah. as we've been talking, the fact that. He pitches and then he can't go the next day. Well, he, he was showing he was a bit of a horse and the injury wasn't exactly an arm or a sore arm or a dead arm or a fucking something. It was a freak, weird way of landing on the mound that tore his hammy. What, if he, could, his hammy what if he could be used like the A's used um, my man back in the day? The closer, Ooh. the bullpen guy. What if he can be you in the playoffs? A, I'm saying, not Dennis, in the season. Dennis Eckersley? Yeah. What What if he could be used as a guy that maybe can go the seventh and eighth inning? You know, where you don't have to, where you don't have to use a guy in the seventh and then use a guy in the eighth to get to Hendricks. What if in the, in the playoffs, Kopech can be that guy, especially with you know you having some days off in between games. I know. The first two games go back to back, and then you get a day off, and then you get three or whatever in a row, and then you know the last two. Oh, but what if what if, more reliable than Hoyer or any of the other guys? So yeah, I'd admit. What if Kopech could be that, that guy in the playoffs to go? You know the the seven and the eight give you two great innings out of the bullpen. I actually think he'd be more valuable in that role than. Putting him in the rotation, I think. Yeah, then because how long is he going to go? It's not like he's going to shut you down for nine innings. He'd probably only go five, maybe yeah, five, six. Probably about yeah. exactly. Yeah, seventy-five to ninety pitches, and then, he he's, and then he's not going to pitch for five more days. Exactly. Yeah. Right, and then he's not going to yeah. pitch. So if you could bring him in every every game in that, or you know, every yeah, other, other game, game even yeah. in that series, I think that's more more use of his current skill set, the what he's what he's used to, what he's doing now. Yeah. I think that would help yeah. you more. And then if they could build him up some kind of way where he can go back-to-back outings, that would be even better because he will be valuable in the playoffs in that role because guess it will shorten the distance from the starters to Hendricks. Yeah, and, that, right. and, that's, and that's what we really need. We need that distance 
to be shortened from, you know, uh, Hendrix to, uh, I mean, from the starters to Hendrix. And I just thought about, you know, that's how they used to use guys in the bullpen back in the day. I think I was just looking at that, uh, was it 85? That, that, that series between, um, the, the Cardinals and the A's. I think that was 85. Or, or, Cardinals and Royals were 85. Yeah, that was Cardinals. Yeah, Brett Saberhagen, uh, huh? You don't yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. the Cardinals. But I, 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 as, as a matter of fact, the Cardinals did that. They used to use a guy out of their bullpen in the 80s to go two, three innings, you know, to bridge the gap or whatever. So I think if they can build – and, and really, that's that's why I like Crochet a little bit too, even though he might have to be a trade piece. Because if those guys are what people say they are, you can use those two guys to bridge the gap for two innings from Hendrick. I mean, from the start of the Hendricks. You know what I mean? For sure. I I think uh, so. Going back to the playoff rotation, we had a. I, I don't know who had a tweet. But I was like, I'm going Lynn, Rodon, and Cease. One, two, three. And the only reason why Dylan Cease made the fucking rotation is because he has the best stuff in the organization, hands down. And that's including Michael Kopech. That's swing and miss stuff. Swing and miss stuff. I don't think Cease stuff is better than Kopech. I think it's similar. I don't no, no, no. We've that. been down this road. It's no way. Hey, that's, hey, we'll go down this road again, Aussie. We'll go down this fucking road again. You, you keep running into that no through road sign at the end, Justin. <laughs> no outlet. That big yellow so sign with the black writing. You'll fucking Why ram you and you grill into it, dude. Yeah, I, I, and I'm not putting Cease over Giolito. I'm just being honest. <laughs> Cease is not dependable. Cease is not dependable like that. I, I, yeah. it's, a, it's a. I'm gonna be honest. It's a mental disconnect somewhere with Cease because you're right. He does have good stuff. I don't think his stuff is better than Kopech, but he has good stuff. He has electric stuff. But I think the difference between him and Kopech is when Kopech is on the mound. Kopech is a dog. When Cease is on the mound, he seems like he get timid at times. He'd get a guy one two o oh, two, and now he start messing around. Let me play these little monkey games and throw the ball real high. Maybe he got to shake at. Zach Collins' punk ass off a couple uh, times. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> maybe that. Maybe that's the clue. You know, it's like the same thing. That's why I love Lynn. He's a dog. You can see it when he's on the mound. Different, yeah. different yeah. animal. That's why he's more of an ace to me than Giolito. I don't. I don't see that with. Giolito, you know what I mean? I just, I just don't see that that type of mentality, especially after Giolito threw his own uh, hand-picked pitching coach under the bus and TLR under the bus when he blew blew up in that game. Oh, I was tired. They should have known I was tired and all of that. I, I kind of lost a tad bit of, of, of respect for the man because you know that Detroit guy. It, yeah, it, it, it's just a little bit. Yeah, just a little it, bit. It, it showed he didn't have. He didn't have that mentality because I can't see Lynn. I can't see uh, Burley. I can't see uh, your boy Max Scherzer, Isaac. I can't see none of those guys doing that, man. As a matter of fact, 
they probably would rather have the ball than to give it over to the bullpen because they trust themselves more. You know what I mean? hundred percent. So Aces would rather give the ball to the catcher than their manager when the game is over with. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. For, uh, I don't see that out of my boy Giolito at this stage in the game. Detroit showed me all I needed to know. That game at guaranteed rate, when TLR left him in with a two-run lead and Giolito was gassed with quotation marks, that showed me all I need to know. But why he was people... at 100 fucking pitches. Exactly. Why are people trying to take the mental aspect out of the game? Do do they the numbers? Uh, well, I'm just saying it's a. Do you not understand a Kobe mentality, a MJ mentality, uh, a Lance, uh, um, uh, the big unit type of mentality, the Pedro Jack Martinez Moore, type ten, of mentality, the Bob Gibson type of mentality? Do you not understand that these exist? That this is what separate players is a lot of the times they mentality. You know, and I don't think people understand that. Do you think Trout is the only strong guy in the league? The only fast Hell guy no. in the league? There's other guys that's just as strong, just as fast as Mike Trout. But he does what he does, and they can't because a lot of it is his mentality, which ties in into his work ethic, which ties in into how it goes about the game. It's the same thing I say about Magic. How's magical five nothing, five feet nothing. And it's guys that has way more talent than he does. They have the height, they faster, they got a better arm, they're stronger, but yet he's where he's at and they not. What 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 is the separator? Do you not know there's a separator? It's, it's a mentality, it's a mindset. Period. You have guys that just not gonna quit. They're going to get the most out of what they have because of their mindset. And it's guys that's not because they don't have that mindset. Yeah, one of their mindsets could be too. They might read. I know a lot of them say they don't pay any attention to the media, but sooner or later you have to, and it might even drive them. Mm-hmm. It, it, like if it drives a magic girl, oh, he's got to live up to that, he might put that extra work in because knowing him – well, no, not me knowing him, but like if he goes out and grinds that little bit extra, because I'm going to show all these guys, and and he does, he puts the extra work in. Whereas a natural big guy that can go out there and do things, and then all of a sudden he's in a slump and he can't get out of it. It's it's hard for a really strong, natural, fast guy in a slump to get out of it because he really he may never have been in a slump before. All of a sudden he's like, shit, what do I do here? I need someone to coach me. And, and teach me through it. And then they refuse to listen to the coaches. It could drag on. It could drag on. I remember Aramis Ramirez years ago, I believe he was with the Cubs, if not the Brewers at the time. And he wouldn't accept any help, but he was batting a buck 50. And like, hey, man, we, we know what you're doing wrong. And he wouldn't listen, wouldn't listen. And finally he'd listen. He said, okay, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. And then he turned it on again and became an all-star a couple of years in a row again. Well, did you hear Frank Thomas uh, yesterday? I mean, well, yeah, yesterday, Ozzy. He was what the same point you brought up. He just brought up. He said when he came in to the league, he was a two hand swinger. On his finish, he finished with two hands. He came up, got with the White Sox hitting coach. I forget what the guy name was. 
He say the guy changed. Walter Inier. Yeah, yeah. He say the guy changed his swing. I mean, his finish from two hands on the back to one hand. He said it totally made a difference in his career because the guy told him, you're in the majors now with your two hands. You holding on to the bat with two hands on your finish. You having a hard time catching up the balls on the inside. They're going to beat you in the major leagues with that. So he changed Amazing. it to a one-hand release because of this guy. So, yeah, that I mean, sick. they have yeah, to Yeah, that be, is sick. Yeah, because a lot of baseball guys and photos of Big Frank, he's finishing with one hand. Yeah, and one he hand, just, yeah. And he learned I got a fucking two-hand finish with my swing. And let me tell you, well, I you struggle with hurt, shit though. on the inside. But you ain't big no. hurt, though. You ain't got to work. No. Ain't big I can do some weeks, things so. better than big hurt except hit a baseball. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, know. but that's crazy because I dig into the box, and I got a natural two-hand finish. I can only hit the ball inside with a one-hand finish. It's crazy that you brought that up. Wow. Yeah, I mean, he wow. said that yesterday. I mean, Big Hurt, I liked him in the booth. I mean, he, he said something funny about the fact when he first got there in the minors, they had him running sprints every day. And then he told him, like, hold on, I didn't come here to be a track runner. I came here to hit a baseball, you know what I mean? So I enjoy Frank telling his stories. But I think a lot of it has to do with mindset and guys being willing to accept coaching like Frank was. Like, okay, you know what? This guy making a good point. Let me make this change. You know what I mean? Uh, but I, mentally, baseball, man, is 80% mental and 20% physical, man. These guys have yeah, to be able to, yeah. have to handle failure. I mean, if you read what the scout said who drafted um, the second baseman, Gordon uh, uh, Beckham, is that his name, who we drafted, you know, and they asked him, what happened to Gordon Beckham? He started off, he had so much success. What do you think happened? He said, Gordon Beckham never failed in high school. Gordon Beckham never failed in college. He said, Gordon Beckham never failed in the minors. He said he got to the major leagues and he had his first failure. And he didn't know how to handle it. Didn't know how to handle it. Yep. Yep. You know, I'm going to throw some names out you guys right now. Adam Frazier, Jose Altuve, Craig Biggio. Even my boy, Bo Bichette. Guys gave up on those guys because they were small. They were they, they felt insignificant in the swing. You think they gave up? Hell no. You think Nick Magical gave up when they had the power index on him closer to Jacob deGrom than a regular hitting second baseman? You got to have that fight that will. Also, you brought up a, a decent, real decent point. Because all these guys with the five tools, they never failed. And they never had anybody to correct their flaws because the baseball juices were flowing. Mm-hmm. Oh, when mm-hmm. you get to this big boy show, they're going to get you out. Big Yerm, Exhibit A. Exhibit A. He has, he has not failed in the minor leagues. He's always hit through the minor leagues. When you get to the majors, it's a different type of ball game. And it's a mental ball game. How do you overcome that shit? Hey, How do you get over the slumps? <laughs> hey, Kenwood, my sources tell me that, uh, you know, you came on today's show with a speech prepared to tell me how right I was about Magical 
and how wrong you were about magic. Was my sources correct? <laughs> They're a hundred percent incorrect. I have no such speech. <laughs> There's no such sources. No, no sources. Uh, they're just making stuff up for you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, this was a good show, fellas, dude. You know, I'm going to go through one at a time. You know, you have any final thoughts on uh, the rest of the White Sox uh, week, what you expect from them, what you would like to see, and then uh, that'll be all. Then we'll close it out. So uh, I'll start with you, uh, Green. Now, what, what, what you want to see from the White Sox the rest of this week? And, and, and uh, where you where you would like to see them at at, at in the standings, you know, by the end uh, beginning we of gonna, Monday. We're gonna be in first place for majority of the summer. What I need wow. to see is the front office support my team with actual acquisitions. It's okay to pull a Jake Lamb and a Billy Hamilton off the street and a Brian Goodwin out of Schittsburg. but what do you? When are you gonna make the splash to give us some life? Our hor- our star players aren't hurt. Moncada, Abreu, Tim Anderson ain't hurt. We need a spark, and it's not coming from our players right now. So I'm putting it on Han's shoulders. I need Ken Williams to slide in the DMs. Influence, because he's real good at influence. Give us that ray of light, because we already in first place. We got the hard work done. Our rotation intact. Our bullpen is a shit show but it ain't diarrhea. It's going to be okay. You got to make the move right now. Don't wait to the deadline because everybody's going to be gone. Make a move right now. That's all I need to see. We got Seattle rolling in town this weekend. I'm going to be at the game Saturday tailgating in the 1-8, in the one oh eight. So you better not disappoint me, White Sox. But I need my front office to not stand pat. Let's get it on. Let's get it cracking. Press a button. Well, I go next. Uh, I just want to see Anderson, Makata, and Abreu to start playing like uh, all-stars. I want Abreu to get out of his slump, turn back to old trusty, or as people call him, uh, MVP tote. I'd like to see him return to that. I would like to see Anderson doing what he was doing in the beginning of the season, being that spark plug playing solid defense, getting the team pumped up, ready to go. And I like to see Mankata, and I'm not a a, a power guy. Everybody knows that. I made Magical my favorite player. But I would like to see Mankata start, you know, getting his average back up. He was right around 300, but starting to show a little bit more power. I mean, I think we all expected Mankata to have – more power uh, than he has, than he has shown so far this season. And I think uh, with Grandel, I just want to see Grandel continue to do what he did to Pittsburgh season. I think he was a little bit more aggressive with the bat. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with walks, but when he get those fat ones down the middle that he do get, I would like to see him not take them and do some damage with them. So that's that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for our four best players on the roster right now that's healthy to act like the four best players on the roster. What you got, Ozzy? 
What I got is, first of all, I can't believe Justin didn't take the prime opportunity before to mention Dustin Pedroia in his little midget speech. <laughs> nope. Nope. And, My Red Sox are giving him a ceremony. I'll leave that So, yeah, no, 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 I can't bring up the Red Sox on this. No, show. exactly. But you know, was, when you talk about Bo Bichette and all the other young guys, the little guys. But anyway, so 16 games, Justin is going to go Saturday. I'm going to be there Saturday as well. I'll wait till Ken W.O. tells us if he's going to be there or not. But Seattle, okay, the next 16 games, Seattle is the only decent team out of this out of the fucking lot, right? Mm-hmm. So touching on what you just said as well, Mac, our four guys to get up there and pounce on them. After this Seattle weekend, Minnesota for it looks like a dozen games, Detroit for a few, Baltimore, and then the All-Star break. Yes, make a splash, make a trade, and let's really dig in and let's whoop some it's easier said than done, but let's dig. Let's grind. Let's get back on the, the right page after this Houston debacle. Let's let's get back in the All-Star game. This is a perfect 16 games for us. Make a couple of trades within the next two weeks. The All-Star game can't, comes along and, and we're going to be good as gold and then and then see what happens in the second half or the second second third of the year or whatever you want to call it these days. But, yeah, that, that's just get on board. Get, get, just get back on track, I think, Mac. Just get back on track. Do what we need to do. Relax in the box of Brayu, Makata, Timmy. Hit the ball, and the good-looking bloke Jake Lamb will rake, and um, <laughs> and, and hit a couple of home runs as well. And and just just dig in. Get to the All Star game. Got a chance of being fifty-five wins. Yeah, um, that that was what I was looking at too. Um, it's a great opportunity to, for the pitchers to get back on track after getting beat up a little bit in Houston uh, with Seattle, the, the Twins, the Tigers, the Orioles, um, all on the schedule. It should be a fat part of the schedule where we could you know, boost up some wins. So hopefully that's what goes on in these next couple of weeks. Pitchers start throwing. Maybe we could get our pen lined up a little bit. Maybe somebody – that would be nice. I've been waiting all fucking year for it. So if one of those guys could start pitching out there um, and just run through these next 16 games and be in a real good spot for the second half of the season. So that's what I'm looking for as well. Beautiful. All right. You heard it here first on black and white. Guys looking for the bullpen to step up and and finally show some uh, moxie. We looking for, you know, the all-stars to play like all-stars. And we're looking forward to taking advantage of this week part of the, of the schedule uh, in the season. So I thank you for tuning in and hope you tune in again. Peace out.